0: This is Talkin' Cowboys, live. streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, is in the end zone, sacked by Lord and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Ryan Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Taylor Stern.
1: Welcome everybody into the SWBC Mortgage Studio. It is Talkin' Tuesday, and we are back in the podcast studio, ready. Did we
2: to- rename the show? what is it talking tuesday or talking cowboys
1: in the off season we only have talking cowboys on talking tuesday so it's a hashtag
2: oh it is a I was,
1: hashtag
2: i was just confused
1: that's your problem <laughs> all right
2: so i'm glad you solved my problem ketchup, here you you. i'm oh, here for you catch here we you. go here we go
1: it's good he's in a dry fit he's feeling cash yeah you,
2: are. Did you go fishing or something i'm ready to all right. he's
1: ready to so I'm we're go gonna... fishing
2: for a
3: wide receiver
1: that's what we're going to get to. So how's everyone doing? It's uh, April, crazy time around here.
3: Oh, yes. Draft season, right, Brian? Yeah,
4: I'm getting... Uh, I'm, you ready? I'm down to the end of looking at guys that are priority free agents and, and guys that are probably seventh-round guys. They've got, you know, multiple picks. I don't think they're going to use them all, but there's some guys to kind of fill out this thing. So, yeah, that part of it's good, and, yeah, we're just a few short days away from this thing actually taking place, I'm trying to rebuild this team.
2: It, How many w- supplemental picks do they have?
4: Why do I? Why did four, you, right? Yeah. Well, you asked me that question. And I have that no. list. I've what? got too many.
1: No, they got four compensatory picks. Did they get picks?
4: four? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. Why I does got... everybody keep writing? They have three. I don't know because they uh,
1: trade one away.
4: Let me. Let me. Uh, I've, I've got too many pieces of paper. I'm like Mickey Spagnola here right now. I know that's good. Compensatory pick at 137, which is four 137. The fourth compensatory pick five 171, and compensatory.
2: Let's see six. 208. Those are compensatory picks. There's three. Just three. Just three. I don't know why I thought it was four. Like Just there three. was a bunch. Yeah. Like they had so many to use that, oh, we got all these we can trade. Kind of move them around a little bit, though. They'll be. Well.
1: If you are a Cowboys fan, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast, then your whole timeline, your entire weekend was spent talking with friends about Dez Bryant. This crew that I'm sitting with was immediate. They have a podcast of their instant reaction of Dez Bryant. And now that we've had kind of over the weekend, Monday, some other things have come to light. You know, I asked the guys prior to the show how they felt about Dez Bryant's release from the team We've had podcasts on this for, for months now. But, you know, Brian, you, you wrote in yours, writing on the wall.
4: Yeah, it was clearly writing on the wall. And, you know, it's it didn't happen in a, in a timely manner for Des Bryant. But to the front office, the Joneses, you know, you felt like, though, that the way that they were looking at receivers. And this goes all the way back. Rob and I happened to be at the Combine, and they were interviewing receivers at the Combine. They were going through a lot of those guys. They got home, and it started to be, okay, well, let's now figure out about free agency. You know, they signed a couple of guys. They went after a big fish and didn't land the big fish. And, you know, so now you're thinking, okay, wait, something's up here. What are they going to do?
1: You're talking about Sammy Watkins. Sammy
4: Watkins, absolutely. So, you know, I, I and then now you get into, okay, we're having 30 visits. Well, they, they've lined up a couple of first-round receivers uh, as possible, in my opinion, first-round receivers with Ridley and Moore. They're working out Shark. They're working out Kirk. They're working out all these guys. So, to me, they were still hunting receivers. And, you know, as, as Des Bryant probably didn't get the word, you know, I just felt like as we were going along, it was systematically the way the scouting department was saying, hey, we're looking for receivers. Uh, we're going to have to make a move here, or we are going to make a move. And they, they had a deadline on Monday – and uh, they took the advantage of on Friday to get that done.
1: I'm glad you brought up the combine. And, and you guys know, it wasn't really until December. Desbrandt kind of had almost like a press conference at his locker. If you guys remember, it was a 30-minute media session in the locker room where he kind of explained everything. He talked about his injuries. He talked about the season. And that was really the first time a lot of people started questioning if he would be on the team next year, I believe. I, I don't want to say for sure, but I do believe it was Todd Archer who asked him, are you going to be a Dallas Cowboy next year? And that's when he said, you know, I'm going to bet on me right. and that kind of stuff, and then that came to light. And then at the Combine, Stephen did speak, and he said, we are going to have these talks sooner rather than later. It's, it's been seven weeks. I, of I, course, you saw yeah. everyone in uh, Phoenix or
3: Orlando. Orlando, Orlando this year. Yeah, you know, Brian's right. Like, the writing was on the wall. For months, if you if you listen to Steven only, it felt like this was going to happen eventually, at least at the very least, they were preparing for life without him, especially when they signed Alan Hearns. And then when they started visiting, you know, really taking a hard look at these top receivers, you're like, okay, something has to give because you can't pay all these guys 30 million bucks. There's not enough balls to go around for all of them. And but the one caveat was Jerry Jones. I was hesitant to say. For sure that he wouldn't be back because of their relationship, and then when they get in a room together, could something be worked out? Ultimately, they had a plan to move forward. Not even a, a June one post release. Just let's let's make this change. Let's eat the cap money and and let's move forward. And you know, there's there's you could say there's a couple different reasons for why they did it. Production compared to salary is probably the number one. But if you listen to some things that have been said, Stephen Jones talking about. A couple months ago, having to control his emotions, Des being better at that, I think to some degree, locker room was a consideration here with Des. So there's a lot of different reasons. The thing about it is in, in, the, in the statement that Jerry has given last Friday so far, we haven't gotten a concrete reason why they did it. I think if you listen enough and read the tea leaves, it had to do with, hey, we can't pay him this salary for the production you're getting. And that's ultimately why they decided to move on
1: absolutely and then you brought up jerry jones he released a statement immediately and he did you know he echoed pretty much everything you just said you know he will always be a valued member of our family des and i share a personal and professional relationship that is very strong and he's just one one of just a handful of players of who i have become that close to over the past 30 years you guys have seen that mickey what do you think about jerry's comments
2: well i don't know about jerry's comments um you know, this supposed summit meeting wasn't the meeting I think everybody was portraying. They had already made up their mind what it was they goodbye. were going to do. There yeah. was no, oh, will he take a pay cut? He wasn't offered a pay cut. Uh, they were decided that, I guess, this was going to be uh, addition by subtraction because they're not a better football team without Des Bryant. Now, behind the scenes, are they better? Well, they put up with it for eight years, right? So now all of a sudden— Well, we start hearing this and this and this, and everybody's globbing on to stuff. And, you know, there's some people I talk to, and it's like, you you want somebody that was disruptive? Go look at 32. Yeah. 88 in practices and things like that, you know, was not a problem. Sure. Now, was he late for meetings? Yeah. He was always late for meetings. For eight years, he was late for meetings. He missed things. But that was him. Now, did he need to take care of those things better? Yeah, I I think so. I think they just decided that they were turning this roster over and they weren't going to spend that much money on that wide receiver with some of the other stuff that was going on. Uh, But from a production standpoint, you know, I keep reading about what his production was over the last three years. But no one points out that three years of football – should be 48 games. He only played 36 if you look at the ones he didn't finish, the ones he didn't play. And and so when you look at it that way, his production over those three years wasn't as bad as everybody's portraying. And I still maintain, now they're going to have to make up for him, but whoever they bring in, is he going to be a better receiver talent-wise than Des Bryant? Uh, I don't think so.
3: That's why I think... Go ahead,
1: Tay. No, 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 go ahead. What were you going to say? I, well, I th- I'd
3: like to add something, too, if I could on that.
1: I have some of the stats if we want to talk about it. Hit them. them, yeah. All right, so you're talking about Des Bryant, who will be turning 30 years old this year. He has been, you know, making this since he signed the huge contract in early 2015. Rashard Matthews has been a more productive NFL player over the past three years than Des Bryant since opening day 2015. Matthews versus Bryant, of course, Mickey points out, You know, Bryant has only had 38 games. 36. Okay, well, why does it say 38?
2: 38? Oh, I thought I said 36. Maybe I miscounted.
1: Yeah, it was 38 and then 150 reception yards. um, 150 receptions. Receptions. Yeah. Receiving yards, 2,035. The average, 13.6, 17 touchdowns. Matthews with, you know, three games above him. Had 161 receptions, 24.02 receiving yards, so about 400 yards more. Yeah. Average 14.9, 17. Now, here's the difference between the two. In those three years, Rashard Matthews has made $10.6 million. Des Bryant, in three years, has been paid $45 million by the Dallas Cowboys. That's,
3: that's interesting. I, I'll say this. How many games did he play?
1: 41. If you want to scratch the 2015 season because of Bryant missing seven games due to injury, let's look at the productivity after. Tyrell Williams and Jameson Crowder have more receiving yards than Bryant over the past two seasons. Tyrell Williams, he plays for the Chargers. And in all, 36 players have more catches than Bryant in 2016 and 2017 combined.
2: And, and who was he playing with? Chargers? Yeah, the guy was one of the so
3: – who, who was his quarterback, by the way? Not big-name guys you're, you're referring to that numbers-wise could be better. That's interesting. I will say that there's two schools of thought there. I think you have to look at the way this offense is structured, especially the last couple years, even going back to 2014 with DeMarco Murray. Receivers numbers are going to take a hit in this offense. So it's not he's not going to be a 100-catch guy in this system. And
4: he was okay with that as long as they were
3: winning. That's fair, Yeah. I, but to your point, Tay, I think you mentioned the injuries. I think there's a school of thought that he is not the same guy he was in 2014. He had all those foot and ankle injuries, knee, missed time. Maybe he's, he's slowed down a little bit. And this franchise is known for trying to let guys go maybe a year early instead of a year too late. And we've seen it with DeMarcus Ware. That didn't work out. So we'll see if this works out. But that is a school of thought, that injuries had slowed him down to the point where he's not he's not getting away from guys as much anymore. Hey, we'll see what happens. He might go to another team, and, and he looks like Des Bryant from twenty fourteen. We'll just have to find out.
4: I've been very critical of Jason Garrett throughout uh, his coaching tenure here, and I will say this: I will give him credit though. He was the last one that they had to bring around. He was the last guy. He he really uh, he was the one that deep down inside had more they would talk about Jerry Jones when they went around the room. It, it was Jason Garrett that had more pause than everyone else. Mm. So with that being said, he he gave it thought. He gave it thought in the room. He said, hey, you know, are we doing the right thing and all that? I've, I've, it's been reliably reported to me that was the case. So the fact that he was the last one to come around, I think says something about, you know, there was some worry that he really didn't have uh, Des Bryant's back. And so with, uh, you know, with all that, he, he really he, he's the one that said, are we really doing the right thing? And then as a group, and, and, I, and I can only speak from experience, that every time Jerry Jones asked questions, it was about consensus. They're building a draft board right now on consensus is what they're doing. And so everybody had their opportunity to step up, but I will say this, that Jason Garrett was one of the last ones to say, okay, let's, move, let's go ahead with this move. You know, and so I would have thought, well, maybe he would have been one of the first ones. Yeah. You know, maybe he was the guy that's kind of leading the band. And and that really wasn't the case at all.
1: Well, and I agree with you, Brian, because of the fact we've spoken with Alan Hearn since Des Bryant was released and we straight up asked him, did you know this was going to happen? And he said, no, I didn't realize he was going to be released. He hasn't been around. He hasn't seen him here or spoken with him personally. But he did say that when he was being approached about coming to the Dallas Cowboys, it was well aware that there was going to possibly be something offered to Des as far as a pay cut. They weren't sure yet, but there was a situation. And then Hearns' response, he was like, "I'm a I'm a wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I know Des. I know the pride he has. I knew for so you know to take a pay cut that's hard. Of course, we found out other things that have happened, but." That shows that, you know, Garrett wasn't completely ready to well, move
4: on. And, and and one of the things Des did was he reached out to Garrett afterwards. He wanted to know if Garrett had his back. And, you know, and I'm sure that I I was not privy to that conversation. But like I said, I do know that Jason Garrett had his paws about that. And you know, a lot of people feel like they oh, maybe the he was the, the the ringleader in this and he he was the last one to come around, I was told.
3: Well that's in line with what Jason's been about all seven years with Dez, eight years with Dez. He's had Dez's back all the way through.
4: I think the organization has had Dez's back uh,
3: through, with a, lot, it, with through this, a lot of things. Through a lot of things, yeah. I think as a yeah. young
4: receiver, young man coming in, you know, Jerry Jones. I, I I feel like though that Jerry Jones and Dez do have an outstanding relationship with each other, and you know, I think it was very difficult for Jerry Jones to to make this call, but again, he looks for consensus in the room and he trusts people and he trusts opinion and. Those people now all know, you know, hey, I'm the one guy that said, let's go, let's go a different direction. And at the end of the day, you know, those guys are going to have to answer whether it works or not. They're going to have to answer to, okay, we made a move here. It didn't work. You know, ultimately, it, it might help everybody's job or it might get them fired. That's really the bottom line with the, with this business. But I just feel like though that uh, that the organization for a lot of times I think Dez will admit it. You know, Dez, I mean, there are there times when Dez went on his own way and and needed to be pulled back in. The Joneses were there to pick the pieces up. You know, he's he feels very fortunate that Jerry Jones, when he didn't play his senior year at Oklahoma State, he still got drafted in the first round. He feels very fortunate in the contract. I think the only regret that Dez Bryant has, to be honest with you guys, is the fact that he didn't stick up for Tony Romo when Tony Romo was healthy. I think that's the one thing he. There's not a lot of regrets he has, but I think that's the one that he that bothers him the most. That you know is he knew it was right in the locker room to stick up for Dak. You know the way the team was playing, the way they were going forward. But if he goes, if he had to do it all over again, I believe that he would have said. I was stuck up for Tony Romo because Tony Roma was the guy that got him the contract. Dez has a ton of ability, but Tony Roma was a big yeah, part of that.
1: Great point because, Rob, you were present on Saturday when Dak shared his response.
3: Yeah, I mean, he he spoke in nothing but positive terms about Dez, um, called him a brother, said uh, it's sad news, he said we've got to find a way to replace him. And he said he's been thrown with Alan Hearns. Uh, Deontay Thompson was on in route to to get here and take part in the voluntary offseason program which started yesterday. So he's going to get in and and work with those guys and he said quote, "We'll figure it out." That's that's what he said trying to replace uh Des's production. Um but to me, you know, this reminds me so much tay of of 9 years ago. You remember when they let T.O. go? You mentioned addition by subtraction, Mick. That's what this is in theory basically because there's not a guy that's as proven as Des Bryant at receiver on this roster. There just isn't. And I think there's got to be a 2018 version of Miles Austin to step in here and be a productive guy in this offense. And it, to me, it's got to be Alan Hearns. Because you can go draft a guy in the first round or second round or third round. It's a hard position to transition Very to. Very difficult. This is a guy they signed, not for a ton of money, but he's been a 1,000-yard receiver. He's had 10 touchdowns in a, in a season before. He's got to be the guy that steps up. And, and is a reliable guy for Dak, and that's to me what they've got to bank on. Because right now, on paper, they're not they're not better without him. So, do you think Hearns can do that? We'll find out. I mean, I, th- I think they, that's kind of that's the scary part of all this. They look, I think, at, but I we're, think, on, but,
2: we're on
4: we we'll, we'll find out basis. What would you? Can me ask you a question, uh, Mickey? And I, I think I know the answer, but I just want to make sure I don't want to get this wrong. You don't think that Dez's numbers were poor this year, right?
2: I think they were average.
4: Okay, if Alan Hearns does Dez's numbers this year, are we okay with that?
2: You're if he, probably it, okay with it because he's only counting 4.3 million I'm against just, the I'm, salary I'm, I'm cap, just, but I'm, it's I'm, not going to be enough to help this. Okay, I, I here's I, what. I, but I'm trying to say for yeah, you, I'm I trying to say because you're
4: going to go, you're going to tell me the offensive line needs to be improved. Yes, and I agree with you there, 100. percent Get Cole Beasley going too. By the way, F- figure out something to help the quarterback there. I feel like though that you need to get get the running game. You know, let's hope that Ezekiel it comes in, is in shape, ready to go, you know, gets the ball from word go. It goes back to what Rob's talking about with the offense. It's a run first offense. But I think if if Alan Hearns puts up Des Bryant numbers and you have Mickey's offensive line approves and his running back improves, that helps Prescott, I think that's good enough. I don't think he I don't think Alan Hearns has to be better than Des Bryant. I just think he has to have similar numbers to what we saw. And again. Is
1: what, Alan Hearns being paid, factor into that at all? No, no, no. no. I just Take need the money it. out. Take
4: you're, the money out. Right. I just need Alan Hearns to be. I don't need him to be Des Bryant four years ago, three years ago. I need Alan Hearns to be Des Bryant in 2016, which, again, if you're saying he. I think this was more about personality than it is numbers. No question, me, me, a factor. Me. And, and you, yeah. you, you did a great job of reading a bunch of numbers. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, this doesn't have anything to do with the locker room. This doesn't have anything to do with the tardiness or the problems or anything like that. That that you know that people were kind of dealing with. I think this is kind of an eight-year journey of, okay, we're tired, we're tired. And but and, and, the
3: production and, factors in because if he was putting it, up big, but numbers, I don't think, by, by I, yeah, good. I don't
4: think it's the. Uh, the the overlying factor. Right. I don't. If, don't. Hearns,
3: if
2: Hearns does what you just said, yeah. and Ezekiel Elliott runs for 1,600 yards, and the quarterback's protected like he should have, if those things had happened last year, I don't think we're here yeah. right now. I don't think so either. Except. Because I think Except. there was other reasons, and I keep saying it, why he had 69 catches. Sure. Okay? 800 and some yards. Sure. All right. And for six games, who were de- what, what guy were defenses scared of? They took Beasley out of the game. I know that. Yeah, and 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 they made sure Des didn't beat him. Sure. All right, because they didn't fear the running back. Yeah. So now my question is, when you don't have a wide receiver that people fear. How much eight-man front are they going to face in this running game?
4: Oh, I think, Mickey, when this offensive line was healthy in
2: 2016, they faced a lot of eight-man line.
1: I have some some numbers on but that.
2: But at least there was something to pay for when you did that. Cole Beasley was the pay for Well, it sh- from a short standpoint.
4: But it won them 13 games playing that way. Right. See, to me, I, I don't need Alan Hearns to be the MVP. I need Alan Hearns to be... 69 catches, 73 catches. Liable. But
2: he needs yes. to be a threat because they don't have anybody else that's going to stretch the field that anybody's scared about. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right, Well right, let's take our break. Let's take our break. We're stopping on the fact that Mickey doesn't think they have anyone to be afraid of, and this is a good topic. We will have more on this once we come back from our break.
0: It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one
2: weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
0: What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda.
3: I asked not for soda. I
2: asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. (laughs) So stop settling for soda
3: and start demanding Dr.
0: Pepper.
2: I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do.
3: Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you
0: crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are, like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first
2: in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas
0: Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details.
4: Families and fans of all ages are invited to step into the NFL Draft Experience presented by Oikos Triple Zero. This free football celebration features player appearances, photo opportunities with the Lombardi Trophy and more. All taking place at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, April 26 through 28. Plus, more fans than ever before will get the chance to be inside the theater to see selections made live. Register now at nfl.com/fanmobilepacks
3: and check in at NFL Draft Experience to be part of the
0: action. This is Talkin' Cowboys.
3: Picking number one in the draft, guys, and Tay, is a good thing, but picking your wedgies is a bad thing. So never pick again. Reach Tommy John instead. The innovative men's underwear that has a no-wedgie guarantee. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 20% off your first order. That's tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys, Tay.
1: Which now has a women's line. Yes. yes Got it done, Tay. Way to go. everyone in 2018, we are here for it. We are ready for it. And I like that. I know that's a read, Rob, but picking number one overall in the draft is not a good thing. No. He had a not-so-great season the year before, but picking Tommy John, the right thing.
3: I can't wait for our double liners each show. That's Trade I mean. up for Tommy John. Fantastic. Double Straight liners, up. huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Trade up for Tommy John. It is there for you at every moment. Yes. So, yes, we are back in here. And before we went to break, we were, you know, of course, discussing Des Bryant and the situation that the team is in now. And Brian was bringing to the point of, you know, Alan Hearns having the production of Des Bryant this past year. Right. In 2017. And, Mickey, I'll, I'll let you continue what you were saying.
2: No, I think if if, if he does that and he doesn't have to face – not having Ezekiel Elliott for six games, basically the second half of the season, and not having Tyron Smith out there uh, for, what, he missed three and parts of two others, basically five games. So will that be enough to offset the lack of a passing game? See, all this stuff with Dak, too, is the same thing. If I hear one more time, they they never could get on the same page. Those last eight games in 2016, the page was pretty good. Sure, 43 catches, I, I believe it was the the, the second half of uh, for 646 yards, average 15 a catch, and eight touchdowns. If you count the playoff game, what page were they on? Right. But suddenly that page got ripped out when they didn't have a running game and a threat, and they couldn't protect the quarterback. Beautiful. So I, I I get tired of seeing that. That's okay. your, that is your so hope for Hearns.
1: 2016 here were the numbers. Mickey's right, of course. Des Brandt had 96 targets. Only Cole Beasley had 98 over him. So two more, that's okay. But of course, you're looking at the production of Ezekiel Elliott that you're kind of offsetting all of that. You mentioned Cole Beasley. He offset anything that was happening. Hell, Jason Witten had 95 targets that year in 673 yeah. yards when Des Bryant had 796. Just add the fact that you had a dynam- dynamic running back in Ezekiel because if the run game is humming like it did in 2016, we should have no issue.
3: I said this on the podcast Friday Do you have to have a number one receiver in this offense that puts up, like I said, a hundred catches? I don't, I don't think so. And I don't think that's their thinking. However, I agree with you, Mickey, in that you do have to have somebody that can threaten downfield, be reliable on third down for Dak and keep the chains moving. And, To to just think you've got an offense built around the running game and you're going to be fine when Zeke's back, just remember Christmas Eve. He comes back, everybody thinks, oh, they're going to the playoffs. They're going to win out, they're going to go to the playoffs. They put up 12 points, they kick field goals. So you've got to have a guy he can rely on and can take the top off of defense. And you can argue Dez isn't that guy anymore. Maybe that's what they decided. But you've got to find somebody who can do that And besides – Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, work in the middle of the field, running the game, all that kind of stuff. Got to find somebody else who can do that. Maybe the draft will help. We'll see.
1: Now, my question to you guys. So,
3: everybody's numbers in the passing game went down. Yes.
2: Not just Dez. Quarterback threw more passes. And he threw more. He did. Okay? Dez's numbers went down. Mm -hmm. Beasley's numbers went down. Mm -hmm. Dramatically. Witten's numbers went down.
1: Dramatically. Williams
2: Williams didn't have a touchdown. Williams didn't Uh, have as many touchdowns as the four of us put together. Right. So, but somehow this all fell on Dez's shoulders. Money. I don't know if it was money. money. I
1: think money, we talk a lot in this room about how certain players are looked at to have higher performance levels because of the contract they're playing under. We talk about that with Tyrone Crawford. We talked about that with if they were going to bring Morris Claiborne back here. We're talking about money. Money has been the thing that everyone has been talking about when it comes— Well, that's
2: okay if they're talking about it. doesn't mean they're right. But, Stephen and Jones. the,
1: the st- thing. St- yeah. is, like you're looking at the fact that this was a receiver that was being paid to produce at Julio Jones, Antonio, you know—
2: Yeah, but he's not out there playing singles. See, the thing about it is— A,
1: B, and— Pittsburgh. But hey,
3: Stephen Jones did say repeatedly, we've got to look at his number.
1: Oh, I understand in, in yeah. relation understand. to
3: production. I mean, he he gave everybody fair warning that this was going to happen. I mean, he he yeah. really did. If you listen just to Stephen, you we we probably should have known this was coming. Soon.
4: I feel like that with Brown, it's a different player. He does come from a system that runs the football, but a different type of player.
1: What about okay. Julio Jones.
4: Julio Jones I think is I think that the Atlanta does a really good job with their system and the way that they get there are receivers open. That's why I think Dez needs to go to San Francisco because a lot of the things in place in Atlanta was kind of, is now in San Francisco. I think, I think that Julio Jones is like Brown. I think he's an elite receiver. I think he's got the elite ability to get open for a big guy. He runs his routes better than Dez. He separates better than Dez. Where they're very comparable, though, is they make contested plays. Yeah. Dez didn't make as many contested plays this year as he had in the past. Is that Matt Ryan throwing the football better to Julio Jones? Well, you know, let's see what that's all about. But I, I kind of feel like, though, that to me, I look at more Tay and Rob. You're right. Stephen Jones told us. But is Stephen Jones going to come out? He did say, though, about the outburst. He did. He did, he did offer that he as did. a reason. I think and, it all goes together. Yeah, and so factors. you know, so for me to sit here and say, "Tay, no, you're wrong." That's not that's not right. What but what I will say is I think the I think that the things that the, for eight, the last 8 years, I think there's clearly some people within the coaching staff, front office, players, teammates that had, had enough. And that's where Jerry Jones had to say, "Okay, you and you and you, what do you think?" And that's that's where this came. I, I think I don't think they worried about the money as much as we kind of are talking about right now. I think it was more about, I, I just can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. And, and you know, it, it where's production on this? He catches one or two more of those balls, you know, a game. I mean, he had some drops. He had more drops than he's ever had.
1: He led the league.
4: That's what I'm saying. He, that's not a Des Bryant type of a situation there. So he catches those. Mickey's right. It might be.
3: We're not might to be talking about this. One more catch a game. That's yeah. that's kind of I agree.
1: He had twelve drops.
3: If yeah. He, if he was twenty fourteen Dez, hit
1: twelve drops.
3: Yes. He, he catches. Would, he would be here right now. My opinion. If he was putting up big time numbers, whatever they're saying is an issue in the locker room. They would have found a way to deal with it. If he was a guy that Dak really relied on and needed in this offense, he'd be here.
1: Mickey, someone tweeted and said, "Do you not think that Deontay Thompson can stretch the field? He's a speedster."
2: Well, I don't know. Has he done it?
4: Yeah, I, I I've just known from the film. I'll, I'll answer that for Mickey. It's not a fair question on him. I'm the one that sits there and acts like an idiot watching tape all day. It's a it's a when you look at Thompson the way he plays. As a matter of fact, Ambar Garcia and I broke down a play of him for uh, for Somos where you, you do you see the vertical where he eats the cushion. They have the you know they have the the, the cornerback for the Jets is sitting at maybe at twelve yards, and all of a sudden Thompson is on him and then now past him. I think that's where you need to figure out how to use that guy. Maybe they didn't figure out how to use Bryce Butler. He's Bryce Butler. Yeah, but he's Bryce Butler with more inside game, Mm. more inside routes, more things in the middle of the field. The numbers aren't huge, but when you throw him the ball, he seems to come up with plays. He made some seriously good acrobatic catches with wide passes where he's having to adjust. So. He gives me a little hope that way, as far as can he be a guy that separates, but can he be a more complete receiver? You know, we got to figure out how to get the ball to Beasley again. Like I keep saying, you got to figure out Hearn's, whoever they draft, they're going to have to figure out how to get the ball to him. Thompson could be a very nice little supplemental piece to what you're trying to do. Again, I've sh- we showed you the, the the separation, the the closing of the cushion. Those are things he can do.
1: So you know, we've talked about the fact that Cole Beasley needs to get more involved. Mickey brought it up. Terrence Williams, there zero touchdowns on the year. Yeah, with Dez's absence, now is this going to help evaluate really how Terrence Williams can be here?
4: I, can I? I'm just let me chime in. Yeah. If they draft, if they draft Cal, Calvin Ridley, Ridley will be your Z. He he should be your Z. He's a better player than than Terrence Williams. And Terrence Williams becomes Bryce Butler. Exactly, or becomes a guy they put in the game to block or occasional, you know. Loose play. Terrence Williams' greatest strength is his ability to find space when things break down. That's his greatest strength. You know, and and he didn't they didn't get him the ball in the end zone. He didn't have those red zone touchdowns, you know, that we normally see from him because of him finding space. But they if they draft Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley will be your Z. And I they will talk, put him out yeah, there and let him go.
3: And I talk about how receivers are hard transition. And I don't watch as much tape, nearly as much tape as you do, obviously. But he's ready made to step in and and be a good receiver in this league. He runs, his routes are great. He's, he played in a pro style offense. I've watched enough Bama to see this guy's ready to play in the NFL. Yeah.
1: I like that we brought up Bryce Butler because I don't know if you guys saw Bryce Butler's response when they asked him if they'd want Des Bryant on the Cardinals. Of course, people were looking at that. And he said, whatever we need to help the team. But look, I'm trying to ball out. Dez is my guy, but I don't want him on my team making it harder for me to get where I need to go. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well, they got Larry Fitzgerald who will make every single catch that you throw out. <laughs>
1: that's him. already making it hard. Yeah, Bryce that's already
4: making it. And they've got a running back, too, that catches 100 balls a, a, a year when he's healthy. So, yeah, yeah Bryce Butler, you're going to probably have 13 catches again this year. Get ready.
2: Guys, guys should, like.
4: He picks terrible teams. <laughs> <laughs> he got traded
2: here, but he... Uh, Arizona- He's got a chance to start, right? Guys, guys got golf there. Guys should walk he around. Golf. He loves golf. He looked good in the golf outfits. Guys should walk around <laughs> with a 10-second delay. No, Bryce Butler? Just like when you say something, I think you I need think that, too. think about it. I need that, too. And then you go, okay, I want that back. We all need that sometimes. Yeah,
4: me, oh, especially. You
2: included. Not me. Oh, no, never, never. Why would he say something like that?
1: I oh. think he's being honest. I,
2: I think- well, no, he, he probably is, but I don't think that's to his benefit.
1: Who's he hurting? So,
2: basically, he's telling the Cardinals, hey, I'm your guy, and don't bring anybody else in here to compete with me. Yeah. And take catches away from me. Well, get
4: ready. I have a mock draft where Ridley goes to Arizona at 15 because they don't get a quarterback. Yeah. Ooh.
1: At 15?
4: 15. Oh, and then sorry, Bryce. Sorry, Bryce.
3: Kind of like when Alfred Morris... Again, again,
4: he's in golf heaven there. At you know, He got the Desert Mountain and knock it around. He'll figure out, though, that it's the, he'll have to take one less club to hit the ball
2: because of the the air. Hmm. That's always the downside of free agency. You go somewhere and you think, okay, now I'm the guy, and then they draft somebody. Well, honestly, like though... Alfred Morris. It, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah talked
4: exactly. about, he talked about San Francisco, and San Francisco is a really good fit for a wide receiver. 'Cause again, it's Pierre Garcon and, and Goodwin are really their got guys. Garoppolo. Yeah, and you got Garoppolo, you got a coach who knows how to use a big receiver. I've said that before. Des Bryant, I hope Des Bryant does end up in San Francisco. That'd be a great fit for him.
1: He wouldn't see us twice a year though.
3: No,
4: and he he's wants gonna, that. He's gonna in Houston see us next year for twice. Get pre- yeah, pre- get,
1: pre-season. The report Yeah.
3: The reports are he he'd love to go to the Giants and play with OBJ.
1: The reports I've been seeing is that the Ravens are very interested in him. They were,
3: te- they were the first time in 2010. Yeah, I was telling Brian that'd be a great fit for him because it's a veteran quarterback, good quarterback, great organization, strong, accountable, strong GM, leadership on that team. Got 30 receivers on the roster, too. Yeah, but they, they're looking for one. They're no, looking I, for a guy that they, can make they,
4: plays. They always make, do. The Ravens are the look at look for receivers I, team. I
3: think that'd be the best fit for him. But
1: What about Detroit? Go replace Megatron.
2: It's like Baltimore's quarterback. Baltimore's become last chance. You for receivers. Oh, there's that last chance again. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they've brought in a bunch of oh they have retread.
4: They have a ton receivers. Yeah, it's because the Perryman can't play for him. They've 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 kind of given up on him a little bit.
1: Don't give up on him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our last break. When we come back, we will have Rob's Twitter poll, and we will wrap up everything that's happening here at the Star in Frisco. Join us right after that.
0: is talking Cowboys. And if we're talking Cowboys, we're still
2: talking Papa John's pizza, especially with the draft coming up. Nine days. Everybody needs a pizza on Thursday night during the draft, and Papa John's will have it for you with those great ingredients the veggies, the pepperoni, and with ingredients like that, you have better pizza, and it's Papa John's. Absolutely.
1: Rob, no further. The Twitter poll.
3: Oh, let's talk draft. How come I couldn't find it? Because you're old. I, I don't. I don't know. It's not hard. You just go to the account and scroll down. I went to. Was a little harsh.
2: At. at <laughs> well, I mean, well, good gosh. <laughs> I'm incompetent, maybe. It's I don't not know. that hard. I would have gone then. Competent. That would have been the one I would have gone. I I went it's to. Sound like my. On
1: talking Tuesday. <laughs> I went like
2: to I went to at talking cowboys. Now and I scrolled down 24 hours worth of. <laughs> and i saw no you just poll. read
1: it rob
3: <laughs> how high a draft priority is wide receiver after des bryant's release mickey what's the choices first round i'm gonna vote second round third round or later so three through seven or hey don't need one sign a priority free agent pretty good huh probably a bad Everybody idea. anybody vote
2: for that last one yeah probably a bad idea on that one <laughs> you got
3: you got three percent
2: i was gonna say two okay <laughs>
3: Hey, there are a lot of receivers on this team right now, even without Des. Yeah, there are.
2: So my answer, my vote would be at least by the third round, more likely the second.
3: Okay. So second round? Second round. Okay.
1: How would that be hard to find? I just found it in two seconds. That's
3: what I, yeah. You sound so like your my vote
1: dad. is second round.
3: Yeah. I You know your what? Sure vote, Brian. I, I,
4: I'm just going to take their approach, the taco approach. Yes. More receivers – Throughout the draft in the second and third round, than there are linebackers. So I don't think it's paramount. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Paramount that they draft a wide receiver mm-hmm. at the uh, in the at 19. I do feel like though at 50 they're going to get some pretty good value there. And maybe if you don't do something with 50, as far as maybe you can move it up. You know, move the move the 50th pick up and and I, that, that would be an opportunity to grab. I think the run of those receivers is going to start near the top of that second
3: round. So it's kind of no man's land in a way if you don't draft one or you don't think the value's there at 19. But, but I think then, there's enough. There's, yeah. there's a good depth at wide receiver. I think
4: there's a good – absolutely, Mickey's right. And, and so I'm going to take the taco approach from last year. When they come out and they say why they drafted Van Der Esch or why they drafted Evans – they're going to tell us it's because they didn't feel like the depth at linebacker was nearly enough. But I include sudden in that group of first round guys, you know, that they're going to consider, you know, sudden from SMU uh, more, you know, from a, uh, from uh, Maryland and then Ridley. So yeah, I just think there's too much good depth there for them to, to, to hit when it, at, uh, at 19, or have to hit one at 19.
1: And Van Der Esch, I know there were reports yesterday that he flunked some part of his physical. Yeah, he, wasn't at, the not med- tru-
4: yeah, he wasn't at the medical rechecks, so... So that's uh, you know, That
1: was just what they were reporting. Yeah,
4: exactly, yeah.
1: What were
3: you going to say? Uh, T. Stern from the 505. What you got?
1: I, I said second round as well because right. I think that if you look at this draft at 19, you know, if Brian's saying that at 15, Arizona is going to go get Ridley, and then now you're just working with Moore and you don't know necessarily. Moore
4: and Sutton too, Tay. To, yeah, both of
1: And you if, you, yeah. if you're considering Cortland Sutton right. in the first round, right? and a lot of people didn't even consider D.J. Moore in the first round to start this true draft evaluation you're they've been looking at linebacker everything that i've seen that they've been putting out i think they're probably going to go after a linebacker in the first round
4: here comes vita if they stay (laughs) right
1: hey vita great safety and the
4: results were defensive tackle
1: defensive tackle but no i meant safety at that position oh
4: safety at that position i got you i'm sorry
1: safety at that position because a lot of times you think they're looking at that The results were second round.
4: Yeah. Well, they've kept themselves open. What are the results? So
3: we all had second – because I mocked linebacker receiver in our two-cent.
4: Oh, I went – I I did it – yeah, yeah, I I went the other way.
3: Okay. No, you went receiver. I went receiver, didn't you? I went receiver, yeah. We'll see. Okay, yeah, fans agree. Second round, 49%, 38% say first round. Got to get one at 19. So we'll see. So
2: the other alternative, if this all works out the way you said. Yeah. um, Can I – can I pull off a somewhat of a Travis Frederick, go down and trade down into the high 20s or How about, low 20s? I'll I take really you to. want to look at like 27, 28? I'll take you to New England at 23, and I take my wide receiver lower, and then get an extra pick. Like maybe yeah.
3: somebody's looking for. Because a quarterback.
2: Those, those linebackers will probably be gone if yeah. I get past 25. Yeah.
4: 23 at uh, New England will net you a third. If you go down to New Orleans at 27, I'll get you a three and a four. Ooh. You go to Minnesota at 30, I'll get you a two if you play that game. Oh,
1: that's don't the, play
3: that game.
4: That's the the trade that they made for Frederick was for the, to go down to 30. I
3: just go back to that, though. They've already got 10 picks. Like, how many picks do you need? Well, which, I can use that second. To go back up. Yeah, you can go back up or you go
4: 50 to th- you go back 50 to maybe to
2: 34 if you want to do that that would cost you just a straight three or I can trade for maybe a veteran safety yeah the employer can I ask something real
4: quick to Mickey on that one you're really good with odds not only odds but you're really good at getting information from people is that a real is that a real talk is that real talk
2: I don't think it is real talk uh in relation to what Seattle's been asking? Yeah, John's out of his mind. Right? Yeah. If if I give him a third, I'd, I'd consider it. Sure. Although he's not going to make $14 million a year.
4: Yeah, I need to talk to him. If I'm going to move, if it's going to be a one-year rental. No, I'm not doing it. If it's a one-year rental. I, yeah, with the, with the hope that him re-signing, I would say okay. Here's a, but I need I need to I need to talk to the player before I need to, before I do this deal. I need to talk to the player. Right. I'm not gonna if I'm not gonna play a baseball trade here. Yeah. I'm not gonna play, I'm not gonna say give, I'm gonna rent him I'm, for a year I'm not and hope give, to sign yeah, him. I'm not gonna give up a, a third round pick for a seven month guy. I'm not gonna do that. Baseball they do that all the time. Brewers got a guy from the Rangers now because of the catcher that's hitting. It's incredible. I'm not doing that. And
2: they do it in hockey all the time at, yeah. at the trade deadline. But
4: I'm I'm thinking about though I'm thinking about that if I, I'm thinking about 50, and I'm telling John Snyder, you don't have a two, you know this is best offer you're going to get from me, so, you know you can take it or not, and you know that's that's kind of where he'll be picking, you know if he, if he had a two he'd be picking right in front of you, so that's kind of his his spot, so it, he you know I, I feel like though that I don't think he's going to be able to resign the guy. I don't think the guy – I think that you know John is smart enough to know that if I have to take the two and move on, I'll do it. I don't think he's just going to hold on and say, oh, I'm going to make it work. I, I just don't think he's that
2: type of guy. See, and here's another thing to consider in that scenario is the fact that they didn't designate Dez a June 1 release. True. And I'm told the reason they did it that way, even though they had to take the extra $4 million hit – was they wanted the salary cap money now, right? And didn't want it June first, because right. if you do it June first, you don't get that twelve and a half million dollar
3: base salary back till then.
2: You get so get the, that doesn't really help
3: you. You get the three million from Scandrick after June one, and you can use that for your basically draft a, draft almost
2: fund your draft. Yeah, almost. You're probably a couple million short, yeah. but now they got that extra twelve and a half million right away. So that's about the money. So, that's something to consider of yeah. what their alternatives are. Because, look, you're not going to use that in free agency now. There's nothing left. No. That's going to cost you that. But if you trade for a guy.
4: Let me ask you this anybody hearing anything about them by July getting something done with uh, Lawrence?
1: A long term deal.
2: Yeah. Have you heard anything? Uh, I have not. But it sounds like they still want to try. Yeah, I, I'm hearing some whispers on that one. And again, that saves you money. Yeah, I think that they, you know everybody's talking
4: about Frederick, and I think they're just waiting for Frederick to sign off on the deal. Zach, himself. I'm sorry, I said
3: Zach. My my bad. That's going to get done at some point. Yeah,
4: yeah, but but I they I had someone tell me don't be surprised if we get make some progress on this Lawrence deal.
3: I just think
2: from Lawrence uh, so thinking keep about— in mind,
4: July when we get to Oxnard kind of a thing.
2: Thinking aloud logically, it, they can basically buy him off of that if they get the the signing bonus. Sure. All of a sudden, you're going to get—say you get a $17 million signing bonus. Well, now I've got it four or five, six months before right. I would get it eventually. Right. That means a lot yep. when you're talking that much money. Absolutely.
3: You got to get it done by July 16th, though.
1: Yeah, all right. Coach John on Twitter wants to know everyone's definition of a number one receiver. Uh, He's asking that because, you know, obviously we're talking about Des was the obvious number one receiver here. What does that mean?
3: I think it depends on the type of offense you have, you know. it's all it's all relative and i i don't like i said i don't i don't think in this offense you have to have a guy that's going to get you 100 catches and 15 touchdowns it's not the way it was when tony was running this thing most of his career where it was pass happy it's 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 run oriented and i think you just got to have a reliable guy who can threaten the most and has to draw an extra defender help everyone else out in the passing game get the Get people to back off the running game.
2: I think he's asking what is a number one receiver. Number one receiver is when they break the line of scrimmage, that defense is looking for eighty eight. He's he's Michael Irvin. Yeah.
3: That's he's, that's a great yeah, He's
4: Randy great. Moss. He's the he's Tim Brown. It's not unquestioned. like the, Yeah, he's yeah. the unquestioned guy that when you're playing defense that you scheme against. He that's your number one receiver. That's the guy that's you generally the X to me. And it generally it's the guy that people say, okay, let's the we have to take this guy out of the game. He's the guy that's he's making the tough catches, he's running the routes, he's getting the touchdowns. You, you gotta know, count down, for him you, in have zone. To account on, you have to account you have to account for him every single play, you know. That to me is your number one receiver. But Rob's right to to in teams that run the football, you know, you would say that you would say that in Pittsburgh, Brown is the number one receiver, even though they run the football just as well. But you have to scheme and try and stop him. Now, New England, who's New England's number one receiver? Do they have a number one receiver?
1: Would have been Brandon Cooks, but he's gone now. It's,
3: Gronk is the one that everybody has to account for. The he is, Edelman. That, Edelman's yeah. great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, Gronk they, is the one that every snap, he could he can, he he's can your really danger. hurt you. Yeah.
4: There's, there's guys in, in that New England, and it's about the scheme. You know, they, they don't really have a number one wide receiver, if you think in the true sense of a wide receiver. They have, they have several guys that you have to account for, especially Gronkowski, that makes those plays down the field. You know, that's, but, yeah, I, I think to me, when I think number one receiver, I think of a guy like Michael Irving.
2: So I, that's, that's who I think of. Coach John, here's what a number one receiver is. It's fourth and two. You're about to tell a coach. On the Packers' 39-yard line, you're yeah. down by four points, and you've got to score. And you throw it to the three-yard line, and the guy goes up and catches it. He, That's a number catch, one receiver. He catches it, though. He catches it. Yeah. yeah, and he did catch it, by the way. And they're showing it right now. He did catch it. Yeah. Oh, there it is. How about yeah. that for time? Yeah.
1: He did catch we it. We were all
2: standing it. right there saying it was a catch. That's a number That's one, one receiver that yeah. you trust him to go up That's a and fourth, make that play. fourth and two play right there. Boy, like I thought he, he was going to dump it to You truly Beasley.
1: believe that in the 2017 season, every defense the Cowboys played. Walt, I didn't say that. While Desbrandt was playing. I didn't say that.
2: It. I didn't say that, but I know they knew – where he was and all you had to do is watch the game and watch what the safety was doing at the snap of the ball or watch what the linebacker was doing at the snap of the ball and you'd understand that they knew where des bryant was i think i, I think there i think i think
4: i think defensive coordinators feared des bryant in the red zone that's where i think they feared him. Yeah. i don't think they feared him in the field of play as much as they feared him in the red zone. I think defensive backs know they were going to get bullied. They were going to get pushed. They were going to things.
1: His aggressive style of play. His,
4: His, you know, it's like Jason Witten. People say, well, Jason Witten can't play anymore. You get Jason Witten inside the 20. He has a really good understanding how to get space, how to get open, how to push off, how to rub. He doesn't have to run 50 yards. Everybody's like, oh, you throw him the ball. He turns around. It's a hook. It's eight yards. And the guy's on his back. When you get Jason Witten in the red zone, that's where he's the most dangerous, and and that's where this offense, to be honest with you, excuse me, Tay, the offense's ability to drive the football, run, run, pass, run, pass, run. You know that it's that ability to get. Now you get in the red zone. Okay, yeah, you get close. You hand it to Zeke. It used to be, you know, you know, you were before you were here, Tay. There were times they get down the red zone on the goal line and couldn't run it in. You throw and, it three and, times, and, and you throw it three times to Dez and pray. That you know that he would make a play one out of that three times. That was a lot
1: of 2015.
4: Well, yeah, exactly.
3: Yes, and so that's, that's what I'm it, saying. Why it drives people crazy. You think you don't that... just hand it off with does... who
1: do you think they feared in the in the field of play then? If if Des was red zone guy, Beasley. Beasley.
4: I think that Beasley because Beasley Beasley was the we, Mickey hates the word targets and he's right. That's a wrong. But you have ninety something targets and he has. Yeah. Ninety something catches. I mean, he, he that that year he was converted. Re- he he was humming along. He didn't have any drops. They it's a simple little pass. You throw it to him. He runs. We saw him in the red zone. He just wore Green Bay out in the red zone. What do you act like he was going to go inside and block. Boom! Explodes to the outside and catches a touchdown. That's what that's what the, the thing is. Beasley is the guy that teams I felt like took away with the bracket. They didn't allow him to run the pivot routes and things like that. He's really really good at.
2: And because. There was no Ezekiel Elliott for six games had a lot to do with that, I think. Because yeah. they are not worried about Alfred Morris burning them. No. But they were worried about Dez. And to go back to this number one thing, you saying, well, they were a running offense. Yeah. They were a running offense in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. How many yards did Murray have? 1,700? 1,700, uh, yeah. Had like 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Dez had a pretty darn good season. Sure he did. I don't have his numbers it was right like, here. It was like fifteen touchdowns. I think a different quarterback yeah. though. Yeah. Different quarterback.
4: Quarterback that kinda understands how to
2: manipulate. And with things. a yeah. running and it was a running attack. Tony Romo. Seventeen hundred
4: yards. That's why they drafted Ezekiel Elliott to try and emulate or replicate. I said replicate. Yeah. yeah what they had then Tony Romo's best season down the stretch. When DeMarco Murray got banged up, all of a sudden it's like, all right, now I can take the team. I could throw Tony started doing things in the last month of the season that he had done really all his, all his career is throwing the football. So yeah, they, they drafted Ezekiel Elliott for Tony Romo. It just worked out a beneficial for, De, uh, for Dak Prescott
1: yeah and great point about Dez if you look last year his stats he was still 55 percent inside the 20 40 yeah. percent inside the 10 that is above names like Brown DeAndre See, Hopkins Mike Evans yeah 40
4: percent inside the 10 is like to me equivalent to a guy that shoots three pointers
1: guess who was 100 percent inside the 10
4: uh receiver uh Gronkowski Kelsey Kelsey, oh, yeah, Travis Kelsey, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, I knew it was a tight end. Somebody, and like,
1: Alvin Kamara, hundred percent. What
4: hundred
2: percent? What does that mean? Very good, Kent. He caught every pass. Every pass. Every kill.
1: pass inside but, the ten. Yeah. So did Alvin Kamara. So did – So
2: they never threw one over his head on purpose because nothing was open? No, they threw it to some other – And he didn't get a target? Yeah, he didn't
4: get a target. Uh, Threw it to Hill. Here, Hill, you'll take it. Over your head.
2: Still the worst stat in the NFL.
4: But, no, that's what I'm saying. You're talking about a guy that converts 40% of the time inside the 10 where the field shrinks? That's saying a lot. To me, it is.
1: No, absolutely. I was just saying, you know, some of the other names that you're comparing them to for elite receivers. Yeah. So –
3: they gotta find that dude. They gotta find a dude you can throw the fade up to.
1: They gotta they- find that dude. When are you putting that mock draft up there? When does all of that go? Oh, we got
4: a Friday mock draft. We got a draft show uh this Thursday coming up. Next Monday we're gonna do the uh, mock draft for the Cowboys. We're gonna do a uh, a, a simulation that we're gonna On I'll the think. draft show. Yeah, on the draft show. Yeah, so we'll do a we we'll do the ten pick mock draft for the cowboys on Monday. That'd be a good one. Looking we'll forward do. to yeah. that. How many <laughs> of you traded? I'm not going to trade in this thing. Kate. Nah, I'm not going to trade. All, well, but we'll all a, those we'll, ten picks. But I'll tell you what, though, we will have an opportunity. We'll, we play. We've done this now for several years. We've kind of Dane does a great job of up and back, and so we'll figure that thing out. We'll, we'll, we'll probably not take all our picks, Mick. You're right.
1: Along with that. the draft, we will have the schedule released at some point this week. Stay tuned to all of that and so much more on DallasCowboys.com. Thank you so much for joining today's Talking Tuesday episode of Talking Cowboys.
0: That's